Welcome to another video. This is a, a, a continuation of my look at 1970, possibly my favourite year in popular music. And I've been going through the genres. And this is the West Coast genre. And my third episode, I'm going to try and cover four albums uh, relatively briefly. I'm going to start off with uh, The Twelve Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus by Spirit uh, from California. Uh, a brief history first. They were formed in 1967 and evolved from the Los Angeles band The Red Roosters, including Randy California. But at that moment in time, he was called Randy Wolf. And he was joined on uh, bass by Mark Andes and Jay Ferguson on vocals and percussion. And uh, also his stepfather, Ed Cassidy, on drums. And then they added John Locke and they named the boy band Spirits Rebellious. Uh, but that name was soon shortened to Spirit. Uh, California uh, had previously played with the one and only Jenny Hendrix. Uh, in Jimmy James and the Blue Flames. And Jimmy uh, got a little bit uh, uh, into nicknames. And as there were two Randys in the band, he called one of them California and the other Texas. And that's how the name stuck. Now, Cassidy was very recognisable for his shaved head. And he had the nickname Mixed to Skin, which later became a title of a spirit song. And he was also fond for wearing bat, black. But he was 20 years older than the rest of the band, so very distinctive. Uh, but primarily he was a jazz drummer uh, and did stints with uh, these very infamous jazz players, Cannonball Adderley, Thelonious Monk and Roland Kirk. OK, so that's a brief uh, little history. I've already done a review of uh, the album in the released in 1969 called Clear, and there will be a link in the description to that one uh, after you've watched this one. Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus, uh, Spirit's fourth album, and uh, it's regarded by uh, critics as their finest hour. Very mature and self-assured, and it has a special sort of unique sound. Uh, California, though, dominated the uh, songwriting, contributing seven of the 12 numbers. But Ferguson threw in another four, and Locke gets to shine uh, with a, a random psychotic college, psychedelic collage, sorry, space child. Uh, but generally, the lyrics on this album are pretty poor. Uh, but let's go into now the details of the tracks, which I'm going to skate through, uh, because uh, this is just the first of four uh, that I'm looking at. Opens up with Prelude, Nothing to Hide, a nice acoustic folk intro before the band launch into the typical rock beat, bass and drums in tandem. Pretty harmonies before the fuzz slide by California takes over. And the final section is a horn-driven, spacey, psychedelic Hendrix-style conglomeration of fuzz guitars. Way is next. It was a minor hit single in the States, did nothing in the UK. It's very moody, uh, instrumental melody, simplistic, but a little repetitive. But it grow grew on me. And it's got some powerful, mournful harmonies as they sing about nature's way of telling 
uh, you something wrong. Nice feel, though. Uh, and then we get to the energetic Animal Zoo, which is a bit of a hilarious uh, stab at country pop written by Ferguson. And there's lots of car horns thrown in. Uh, lovers found a way. Uh, special effects uh, come into their own here. Uh, the various pedals that California was using on the guitar. Uh, and it was a little bit of a stab at jazz experimentation. A bit of a strange cocktail, really, with lot uh, very much creative here. And then it segues into Why Can't I Be Free, which is a folk psychedelia with gentle whispering harmonies. Then uh, the very powerful Mr. Skin, uh, previously uh, mentioned with regard to Cassidy, one of the band's best rockers, uh, began quite in in innocently with the uh, quiet organ guitar interplay and the band's sly soulful harmonies. And then they go into a rip-roaring funk groove with a wonderful call-and-answer vocal arrangement and a brass section which would kick the bottom out of some of Sly Stone's work. Uh, that's what one critic said anyway. Radney adds a neat lead solo as well uh, uh, towards the outro. Over now to side two, Space Child starts us off and it's the title's very indicative. It's got some spacey piano that filters into a synthesized section with jazz elements. Instrumentally, it develops into classical piano, uh, which fades and then repeats this phasey drug-laced feel, uh, which is uh, a reminiscent, really, of insanity, I guess. And a guitar break segues into When I Touch You. This is standard rock uh, uh, stuff. Uh, Ferguson wrote this one. His efforts are more conventional with bass and drums uh, driving the beat. Uh, very middle of the row with guitar solo fade. And then we get on to a street worm. Uh, there's some jaunty piano guitar mix uh, with Ferguson's vocals. Uh, very commercial, this one, I think, for them. It picks up pace. And there's another guitar break from California later on. Then we have Life Has Just Begun. California returns as to the more progressive psychedelia here. And the guitar melody moves in that acoustic-led ballad-type feel. Morning Will Come, uh, described as uh, upbeat. A uh, mixture of uh, lead and harmonial vocals. Nice sound. Wraps around some gorgeous... California guitar, uh, although it's sparing, to be honest. Uh, the Ferguson's keyboards predominate. And then we get into Soldier, uh, passionate vocals with a dainty, moody piano. Uh, and there's a touch of uh, pain here, uh, referencing to Vietnam, of course. Uh, and uh, Randy's lead vocal, vocals mesh together in a sort of message of camaraderie. Uh, rougher road, standard rock song. Uh, traditional, a bit disjointed, this track. Uh, uh, but it's a combination of some tight, good rock. Uh, and that's about it, really. Um, I think this, is, uh, this album is a very, very strong album. But a little bit uh, overrated, I would say. Although I love listening to it from time to time. It's certainly uh, a, an album 
uh, of that era that you need to have in your co uh, collection. So that's the first one done and dusted. Uh, then on this uh, West Coast episode three is Working Man's Dead uh, by the Grateful Dead. Now, uh, I think on the first episode, I reviewed American Beauty, which I do love. This album, uh, to be honest, it took me a while to get into, which is a rather strange statement, really. It's, I don't think it's as good as American Beauty, but it's still a very fine selection of songs. I think I was thrown a little bit by the fact that it sounded a bit too countryfied when it came out, and that put me off. I heard it uh, a couple of months back, and I was much more in love with it. Uh, it's sandwiched very much between country and roots rock, uh, and tells stories in... A uh, slow to mid-tempo acoustic guitar with occasional electric soloing thrown in from Garcia. Uh, very emotionally filled the, the, are the uh, songs as indicative of the singing. Uh, and they get a little bit boring at times, but it's, uh, it's compelling and has some true melodic excellence. And we're going to go through the tracks now very briefly band opens up it's an up-tempo country roots uh and it's a, a nice little uh starter really high time slow country folk boarding on country and western this one dire wolf is next and i like uh garcia's slide uh, guitar playing here it's very catchy and uplifting uh, it's about murder this song but uh it makes a beautiful contrast to the other two uh, new Speedway Boogie is track four. This has a 60s feel to it. Very Southern Blues Boogie, I thought. And then Cumberland Blues, which is a sort of uh, uh, Bo Diddley eat your heart out. Uh, Garcia twiddles with the lead guitar runs here. And then we have Black Peter, a very slow country folk song. Uh, think of Hot Sun, uh, Grass, uh, both kinds. Uh, and a dusty road in a cowboy town, and you've just about captured uh, the mood. Nice harmonica. And then we have Easy Wind. M more of that R&B feel with blues intertwined via harmonica. Some tribal drumming on it as well. <coughs> and then the last one, Casey Jones, a great uh, driving country rhythm track, uh, which I do like. So those are very, very brief notes on uh, Working Man's Dead. Um, of course, two albums released in 70 by The Grateful Dead. They're both pretty hot, uh, and I suggest you get to listen to it. So that's my second one uh, reviewed, Working Man's Dead by The Grateful Dead. It's uh, Just For Life by the uh, Quicksilver Messenger Service. It was their fourth offering. It's a bit of a transition, really, from the extended blues and jazz-inspired improvisations of their first two albums to a more traditional rock sound. Founding member Dina Valenti uh, returned to the band after a stint in prison uh, on drug charges. <coughs> he was largely responsible for the new sound, and the cover shows the players are depicted with exotic instruments of unknown origin in a lush setting. It's very psychedelic. Uh, so we had uh, the makeup of the game band, there is a slide, uh, Dina Venanti, uh, guitar lead vocals, flute, Gary Duncan on guitar and backing vocals uh, and bass, John Kipolina on steel slide and electric guitars, 
David Freiburg on bass and backing vocals, Greg Elmore on drums and percussion, and one Nicky Hopkins on piano. So let's go through the tracks now very briefly. Intro on percussion called Wild, sorry, Wolf Run, which leads into Just For Love Part 1, Piano drives an echo vocal that's dark and somehow mysteriously psychedelic. Then Cobra chips in. Uh, the guitar sounds a bit, little bit off key here, but maybe that's due to poor production. This was a critical, uh, a critical point about this album: production not up to scratch. Uh, Kipling has a rather rambling style. It has a sort of native Indian feel to it, uh, and it's more of a jam really of our ideas uh fourth track's called the hat uh again the production's pretty crude uh and uh it's country so sorry it's 11 minutes not eight uh it's a country soft blues really with a touch of psychedelic uh, pretty uninspiring i found uh flip it over then we're on to uh, side b now and um, freeway flyer uh, more professional quality on the uh, on the production, uh, but uh, sorry, uh, it's still pretty dreadful. I thought uh, "Gone Again" is the second track, and here the guitars of Kipolina and Duncan blend softly uh, with Hopkins piano to create a beautiful mood uh, that fits perfectly with Dina Valenti's voice. Very much a highlight of this album. Then we move to Fresh Air, uh, singing in abundance on this gentle rock beat that's hardly earth-shattering. Uh, twangy Santana-ish uh, guitar breaks and a good piano uh, work on this by Hopkins. It's a strong effort and was a minor hit for the band. And then we finish with Just For Love Part 2 uh, and Wolf Run Part 2. Uh, which are totally, um, are totally forgettable, it has to be said. So I, I thought it was a pretty weak offering this. Uh, I've also got Happy Trails, which is largely a live record, which is far better, production much better as well. This one, uh, it ain't going to get on my player that often, even if I had a player. Uh, so that's the third offering by a Quicksilver Messenger service, just for love. Last offering then... Uh, Rides Again by the James Gang. Uh, this band were formed in Cleveland, Ohio in 1966, released their first album called Year Album in 69. At that stage, they were a bit of a power trio, consisting of Joel Walsh on guitars and lead vocals, Tom Chris on bass, and Jim Fox on drums. But later, uh, Peters, Dale Peters, replaced Chris uh, for the second and uh, the third album, uh, and this is that. Um, uh, two of the band's songs, uh, Funk 49 and Walk Away, uh, are popular classics on uh, uh, American radio stations. Uh, I'm not that familiar with either of them. And in late 71, um, Walsh left to pursue a solo career. Uh, so anyway, this album featuring uh, Dale Peters, is in fact a second. I may be right wrong about that. Check that anyway. Uh, but they added keyboards in here uh, uh, to the hard rock bass, and it helped uh, helped open up some more musical horizons. 
I'm going to go through the track list. I listened to this again yesterday and um, it went up in my estimations. And now probably uh, you'll get that from my comment, which is to follow. Up with Funk 49. A great guitar intro here typifies the title, really, before Walsh's vocals hit the high spots. There's a heavy bass groove with lots of African-style uh, percussion. Ashton Park, an instrumental guitar clinic, follows before we get on to Woman, which is uh, very rocky. Joe dominates on vocals and guitar. Uh, there's a, an extravagant, funky beat on this. <coughs> and then there's a medley called The Bomber, which incorporates three uh, uh, tracks uh, segued together. First is Closet Queen, which is classic heavy rock. Then Bolero, much more improvised, psychedelic rock, uh, with some spacey echo runs on guitar, before returning to the more punchy Cast Your Fate to the Wind. Uh, and uh, it's got some real crunchy heavy chords, but I liked it. Uh, and then we get Attend My Garden, five and a half minutes. Takes a bit of getting into this one. It's keyboards uh, driven, really. More restrained rock beat. Uh, the keyboards dominating. And then it starts to get expansive later on. But I saw many elements of this with uh, the first Joe Walsh solo album that I own called Barnstorm, which I actually think is awesome. Um, so we can see how this uh, guy progressed musically. A Garden Gate follows. Uh, acoustic solo blues here with Joe on vocals. Nothing much to write home about. There I Go Away follows. A nice soft melody here and some pedal steel guitar lurking back in the mix uh, before uh, his uh, lead guitar thrust centre stage. Then we've got Thanks, which is... a uh, a strange sort of track, really. It sounds more like a demo. Uh, nice ideas, though. And then Ashes, The Rain and I. Um, string arrangements filter in here, almost to the point where they swallow up the soft, the soft rock ballad. Uh, it's a bit overindulgent, but uh, it's a suggestion as to Walsh's development and his experimentation which uh, later came to uh, blossom on a uh, barnstorm. So overall, this is a pretty impressive set of, uh, uh, of tracks. They aren't really connected in it anyway, but they give you an indication of Joe Walsh's talents. And uh, I was surprisingly pleased to uh, return and listen to it. So anyway, that's my take on the West Coast episode three. Hope you enjoy it. There will be links to the music in the description, as always, uh, plus a few slides. Okay, that's my lot.